Welcome back, wonderful listeners, to the Trey Hand Therapy Center, where we shape minds and change lives with your absolutely wonderful host, Shanna Trahan. You can now purchase the book, 10 Ways to Be a Great Parent, on the TrahanTherapyCenter.com. It's been officially endorsed by a school board president. It's not just for parents, it's for anyone who lives or works with children. Now, on to our show. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining me, your wonderful host, Shanna Trahan at the Trahan Therapy Center. So today, our topic will be ways to be a great parent. In case you do not know, uh, I have written a book called 10 Ways to Be a Great Parent, and that book really is a treasured book because it's really helping parents to figure out some 10 game-changing things that you can do in order to ensure a greatness in your child. So there are lots of different strategies that people have touted or mentioned all over the years. And I want to say that I've used my entire background to really help me figure out what is needed in this book. So how 10 Ways to Be a Great Parent came about. I had taken a position at uh, an elementary school as a school counselor. The school was right across the street from a housing project, a public housing project. So I began to observe and listen to the parents, hear the kids, see the difficulties and challenges. And in talking to some of the parents, it really just kind of, it just did something to me. And I just thought to myself one day, you know, sometimes people feel like their present situation is their forever situation. And sometimes people believe that, hey, this is just going to be my life. I'm just, you know, going to be here forever. And there's no way I can get out. My kids can't get out. And it's not everyone. And it's not all the time, just sometimes. And so when I thought that and observed all the things that I observed, I just said to myself, okay, Shanna, you know, there has to be some simple lessons that can be taught or shared with people who sometimes feel like they don't know what to do with their kids, how to cause them or help them to move beyond their current space. And you don't have to live in a project to feel like you don't know what to do. You don't have to be in a public housing development for that, to have that mindset or to question what what the next step is with your kids. Maybe you've never been a parent before, or maybe you don't like the way that you were parented by your parents. Maybe you were in foster care, in and out of different foster homes, and now you're going to be a parent and you're wondering, how do I do a decent job at this? You know, there's all sorts of books on uh, what to do when, you know, with a brand new baby. But this is more about a lifetime from, let's say, hmm, zero to 18, you know, the things to do. Ten main things that if you do these things and do them well and do them on a consistent basis, they can lead to something positive in your life and in your child's life. So in case you don't know who I am, I'll just tell you a little bit. So I grew up in Louisiana in a single parent household. 
However, I did know my dad. And while I was in school, I was in all sorts of organizations, uh, Students Against Drug Driving, the Drill Squad, and so many, many more, speech and debate. Anyway, later on, I became a devoted member of the U.S. Army Reserves and eventually the U.S. Army National Guard. And I left the Guard as an officer, and I really, sometimes I wish that I were still in. Anyway, uh, later on, I became trained as a patient care technician and uh, worked in several psychiatric hospitals. Eventually, I graduated from Southern University in New Orleans with a degree in psychology, later on University of Phoenix. And I don't know why I feel like I always have to qualify and say my coursework was in person. (laughs) Anyway, and then finally, Lamar University, where I finished in counseling. So school counseling and then uh, finished my certificate in mental health counseling. So my initial master's is in diverse learners and the second one is in school counseling. I was in education for 19 years and that is not even including the other work I did with children such as being a, a director of a summer camp and different activities like that, right? So I've dealt with kids and children all of my life. And as an educator, certainly have worked with babies. Uh, and I think that my oldest uh, student was like 65 or 67 or something, as I have taught at the college level as well. So I'm not saying that to say I know everything. I'm just giving you a little background as to who I am. So we'll start next right after this message regarding a way to be a great parent. Stick with us. Thank you. Welcome back. Thank you for listening to the message from our sponsor. Ways to be a great parent. One of the biggest things I think I recall growing up was that the adult was the one who had the floor and that the child had to be silenced or not heard. And now we have a new generation of young people who are not sitting down, who are not backing down and who want to be heard. And I've always thought that children should be heard. When my kids were younger and they had a concern and I would ask them, okay, so tell me, what do you think? How are you feeling? Or how does this make you feel? So I wanted them to know that if they had something to say, that they could share it with me. If they had feelings, thoughts, ideas, suggestions, they could share them with me. And often if we don't listen to our kids, someone else will listen who might gain influence over your child and end up having more influence than you because you're not listening. So one way to be a great parent is to be a good listener. And I would say to ask questions if you're concerned about something or if you don't know, or if you can, I guess the second way is observing even more closely. So you want to listen to your kids, to what they're having to say to you. If your friends are on the phone, you're wanting to listen to some of the things that you overhear them saying, making sure you're not hearing anything too far off color or something totally different than what I guess you've taught them and so far as the value set. 
and observe them even more closely. Sometimes our kids know that we're listening. So maybe their social media is speaking to the world as opposed to them using their voice in your home. So I would say perhaps joining or being a part of your children's social media so you can kind of see what they're putting out into the world and things like that. Because there have been children that have said things online like, I'm going to hurt myself, I'm going to kill myself, I hate myself, or even given uh, other clues to other things that they were going to be involved in or doing that were things that they had no business being a part of. So observing their behaviors, you know, for example, you know, are their eyes red every day or, are you know, are they going to school dressed one way and coming back a different way? Are they going to school with lots of energy, coming back lethargic? I mean, just, you know, not necessarily looking for problems, but just to, to know your child, to know your child. That part is so very, very important. And setting value time for family time. So this again is a time for you to observe, to interact, to create a space where you guys can become one, become closer, laugh and talk together and feel comfortable together. So if we don't do these things, then there will be some people who will do them with our children and they will gain influence over our children. So listen closely. That means even more so not over talking your child, letting them say their piece, waiting patiently for them to say their piece, thinking only about what they're saying at that time, not thinking of your response to what they're saying. If you are thinking of your response to what they are saying as they are saying it, then you're not actively listening. So for you to actively listen as a parent, that means only focus on what you're hearing. And after you fully heard it, then you might pause and choose if you want to respond. But actively listen to your children. Observe even more closely. Are they leaving home with a full backpack and leaving with it, coming back with an empty backpack? Are they leaving with the empty backpack, coming back with a full backpack? Are they coming back with the backpack that isn't theirs? Observe your children for jewelry that's not theirs, just for different, just observe them. You need to know your child. Also, the next one is going to be demonstrating patience. So sometimes in this fast moving world, our patience levels can uh, get the best of us. And sometimes as parents, you know, we're just thinking, hey, I'm the parent. Listen now. Be quiet. Some people might venture to say something like shut up. I don't like shut up anyway. So, I mean, you know, the parents words are important. But the child's words are important too. So I would say to establish good boundaries 
on communication while being able to demonstrate a level of patience. So if you and your child have words you need to say, if you're screaming at each other, the other person is going to block the person A is going to block person B out because they don't want to hear the screaming voices. No one's saying that you can't ever be upset or angry. That's not the point. The point is, is that do you listen well when someone is screaming or hollering at you? Probably not. So if you want someone to hear you, then you might want to demonstrate patience with them. You might want to use a calm and patient tone. You demonstrate that, and that's what your goal is to receive in return. If someone approaches me that way, uh, where they're loud and rude or things like that, often I will shut down the conversation because people can certainly control their tone, their volume. And it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. We all have the capacity to have a patient, quiet tone and still communicate how we feel. We don't have to be all riled up in somebody's face, screaming and hollering. That's not assertiveness. That shows fear. That shows an intention to try to intimidate. It doesn't show love. It doesn't show patience and it does not show understanding. So these three things I've shared with you, listen closely, observe even more closely and demonstrate patience. In a school setting many, many, many years ago, I remember this lovely student. She was a beautiful girl, very sweet. And she and I were talking one day and students I don't know. They tell me everything. But anyway, so we were having this in-depth conversation. I just, I don't remember how it got to this point. But I remember the student, I think she was 11th grade. Uh, She was telling me that she used heroin and that she started using heroin because her boyfriend was using heroin and that her parents didn't really know because she was shooting between her toes and that was so I mean I just I I I just about fell to the floor thinking oh my god what parent looks between their 17 year old's toes right so that was that was one of those teacher moments where I just kind of had to go take a seat (laughs) and kind of get myself back together. This conversation is not about fear. It's just about awareness. It's just about knowing what's going on. It's about uh, understanding things that happen in life. There was another time as an educator. Well, you know what? I'll tell you right after this one more break. We're just going to have one more break and then we'll be over here shortly. Hold on just a minute and I'll be back with that good story. Thank you so much.
Welcome back, and thanks for listening to the message from our sponsor. Uh, They're the ones that allow us to be here. So as I was saying, I was going to share another couple of quick stories with you. So I remember being at a school, and so I'll just say a middle school. So anyway, the kids would come again, and they tell me everything. And so I hear that these particular students are having sex. And I'm like, wait, this is middle school. What are they doing having sex? What is going on? So then I remember talking to my classes and I mean, I love these kids so much. And I'm just thinking to myself, no, you know, just be kids, just try to be kids and try to just enjoy being young. But anyway, so I just remember saying to them something along the lines of, having sex is a grown-up decision and grown-up consequences come from having sex and because grown-up consequences can happen then maybe you should be a grown-up before you make these kinds of choices and so we just talked a little bit about paying bills and the cost of living and I mean it got to be this big old lesson just a life lesson about the cost of things and you know how old you have to be to get a job and to earn money and what kind of money you could earn at their age which was really none most of them Uh, but anyway so you know we just talked about the cost of life and and cost of having babies and I mean it just got to be a big thing not because I was their parent but just because Number one is that they're going around having sex and they're telling everybody. Number two is that neither had the financial wherewithal to take care of a baby, you know. So it's just looking out for those kids. And uh, both sets, both kids, sets of kids had great parents. Uh, it, I think it was probably peer pressure more than anything. But at any rate, um, things like that. And then there was another scenario I recall there was a student, uh, a, a female that was like in a male restroom giving blowjobs for like a quarter or 50 cents, something along those lines. And, you know, this is crazy. Like what, you know, parents are at home saying, hey, my child is like this. But then kids go to school and it's like some of them take on entirely different personas. So we have to be mindful that we are listening closely to our children, that we are observing them even more closely. What kind of messages are in their phones? Uh, What kind of messages are they receiving and what kinds of messages are they sending out? As well as we have to demonstrate patience, whether they're telling us something we want to hear or don't want to hear. And then we get to teach problem solving in a constructive way. I remember when I had my kids, I had to teach them problem solving. And I don't think that I started out thinking, oh, today's lesson is going to be problem solving. I believe it was more of, I guess, because I had been in education. I don't know. It was just, it's just me. It's just who I am. And so let's just say my kid did something they weren't supposed to do. Let's say they broke a vase by throwing a ball. Let's use that example in the house. So I would ask them, because they would be sorry and all of that, but I'd ask them, well, 
where should you throw a ball? And then I'd listen to their answer. And I would ask them, are there some activities that where you can use a ball in the house, but you can't throw it? Are there some other activities that you can use a ball? How would you use it? And then I'd wait for the answer. And then I would ask them next time, well, if you're thinking that you want to use the ball, but you're inside, how can you use that ball and not adversely affect anything in the household? And then I listen for their answer. This is a very simple way of teaching problem solving. It's not about just telling kids what you want them to think, but it's allowing them to think It's allowing them to process the information. It's allowing them to give you the answers that they come up with. And if their answers are extremely flawed, then that's where you want to chime in or even maybe ask yet another question to help them to figure that part out. So teaching problem solving skills in a constructive way is is for a parent to do. Prior to the child getting to school, this is a parental responsibility, teaching problem solving in a constructive way. And the last one for today is be present. We do have a huge problem today with uh, absentee parents, even parents that are in the home being absentee, let alone the one who is not maybe taking fiscal responsibility or physical responsibility for that matter. So when it comes down to, and I know this, you know, might ruffle some feathers. If you and your, and I'm going to say you and your child's father, because I'm a woman, right? So you and your child's father are not seeing eye to eye or are not raising your child under the same roof. Both parties have equal responsibility to take care of that child and both parties should be present physically materially and financially and both parties should be so let's go back to this because I'm thinking of a story I've had friends to tell me over the years multiple stories so if you were dating someone who didn't have a lot of money to begin with And then you have a child with this person who didn't have any money. And then your expectation becomes, well, if they don't give me any money, they can't see their children. They're not going to all of a sudden have money overnight because now you're pregnant. So I'm not saying that that person should not try to find a way to make a better life. But what I am saying is this, that children need their parents and As long as a parent is not coming in crazy on drugs, bringing the kid in some unsafe situation, or the parent's mental health is such that they cannot raise a child on their own, uh, you know, but besides those two situations, certainly you want the parents in the children's lives. This person in your mind was good enough for you to sleep with. This person was good enough to spend time with. This person was good enough uh, to, to, to be with. And so don't take the parent away from the child. If that parent chooses not to be a parent, then that's between them and their maker. You can't force someone to be a parent. But 
you can give the person the opportunity to be in that child's life and to make good decisions because that's eight times out of 10 what's best for the child to know and have access to both of their parents, both sides of their families to get to know the good and the bad on both sides. Yes, protect your child. But also, if this child has a mom and a dad, let that child know the mom and the dad. Like I said, unless there are some drugs involved, some serious drug use, or uh, like I said, if there's a parent with extreme emotional behaviors, um, major behavioral or mental health concerns that are often out of control and that person cannot manage their child on their own, that doesn't mean that you cannot allow that person to see their child in your presence or spend some time because, you know, that's their parent. So children need to know their parents. Okay, so today we talked a little bit about listening closely to your children, observing them even more closely, demonstrating patience in your communication, teaching problem solving in a constructive way, and to be present. Please, parents, let each other be present. The grown-up relationship could possibly be over, but don't drag the children into your negative emotional abyss let their child let your child see their parent let your child be with their parent this is a person you chose to have a baby with this is a person you chose to sleep with let that child know their parent so again i just want to say thank you so much i appreciate you for listening i'm hoping that you have a great and wonderful day and week so i hope to hear uh, that you're back next time to hear more from the trahan therapy center not sure what the next topic is going to be yet i'm just kind of moving as the spirit leads me so that's all for today thanks for being here with the trahan therapy center and don't forget on amazon.com you can find some great books One is 10 Ways to Be a Great Parent by Shanna Trahan. Another one is 10 Ways to Save and Grow Money. And the most recent book is 69 Plus One Ways to Enjoy Your Life During a Pandemic Quarantine and to Preserve Your Mental Health. Just go to Amazon.com and type in Shanna, S-H-A-N-A, Trahan, T-R-A-H-A-N, and you'll find the books there. They're also available in the Kindle version. Thank you so much again. Have a great day. It was lovely having you join us. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe below and like us. Check out our blog at trahantherapycenter.com. Remember, every day is a holiday. Treat yourself with a copy of the book at thetrayhandtherapycenter.com and share one with a friend. Don't forget to share this podcast with a friend too. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time.